When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm David Hepworth. And I'm Mark Ellen. We met at a gig in Manchester in 1977. And we began a conversation about rock and roll that night, which has been going on ever since. For the last 15 years, that conversation has continued in the Word in Your Ear podcast. It's not a serious conversation, but it does cover the things that matter. The haircuts. The tacks. The tours. The trousers. If you share our conviction that rock and roll can be magnificent and hilarious at one and the same time, then join us wherever you get your podcasts. How does a free case of beer sound? I can think of nothing better than being ambushed by some delicious craft beer. Grab a case for free, courtesy of our pals at Beer52, by going to beer52.com slash spurs and covering the postage cost of just 5 dollars Beer 52 is the biggest beer club in the world. Each month they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world and this month is an absolute belter. Their great European road trip case takes in the best beer from across the continent. Try crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5% double IPA from Sweden's Duges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth coffee stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, amongst others. If dark beer is not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. Also included is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. Even if after all that you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. That's www.beer52.com slash spurs to claim your free case now. That's beer52.com forward slash spurs. Hello, good evening, good day, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to this week's edition of the Spurs Show. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Before I uh, introduce my esteemed guests, just to remind you again this week, you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash the Spurs or use the code the Spurs to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan on one additional month for free and a bonus gift. Completely risk-free, Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Always very handy if you're out and about overseas trying to watch the football um, or some dodgy street Wi-Fi. Have your own VPN well worth it. NordVPN.com slash the Spurs. I've been using them for years. They are the best in the business. Right, joining me tonight, we have uh, some wonderful guests. A bit of a, a bit of a literary theme uh, going on tonight. Firstly, making her debut. Delighted to have her on. The crime novel writer, Kimberly Chambers. How are you, Kimberly? I'm doing fine, thanks. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Oh, a pleasure, a pleasure. And also joining us, I know you're a mucker, screenwriter, 
ex Leighton Buzzards modern romance frontman, Mr. Jeff Dean returns. How are you, Jeff? I'm very well. How are you, mate? I'm good. It's been a while since you've been on, isn't it? It's been a few years. Is, is it I really? Think, I think it has been, yeah. I haven't missed you even so I haven't missed you either. You know? All good. All good. And also joining us for the wonderful Talking THFC, Sean Cook returns. How are you, Sean? Very well. Thank you, Mike. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, we, we were going to have Paolo Hewitt tonight, but he's a little bit ill. We wish him all the best. And this man was, well, he's been sucked back in. Last week's show was called Suck Back Back In. And this man <laughs> has been sucked back in by Tottenham Hotspur, the wonderful musician and raconteur, Mr. Jar Wobble. How are you, Jar? I'm happy because last night's before, I was there. I, was, I know you made were. Made me happy. Had a nice Turkish meal with me boys afterwards. So yeah, all's good with the world. It's pathetic. I hated them last week and we was finally did. finished with them. Yeah. Where did you eat? Which which Turkish restaurant? Can you remember? Uh, it's the one. It's the first one you come to on the left as you go down and away from Bruce Grove Small Seven Sisters. And the, the amazing. I shouldn't say it, but whenever you want to get something to eat, for some reason you can always get a seat in it after games, right. which is weird. But it's but it's food's good. Well, you know why? Because most of the time we've lost, and people just want to get the fuck home. And you don't yeah, want to yeah, dwell on the high street. To it. It's head but down, yeah, see, even, seven sisters. Even, but even after victories, even after victories, oh, really? that place. And they make you, they, it's not on the menu, but they do, I always ask for a proper cup of Turkish tea, which they do, which is lovely. And uh, oh. they do nice rice, nice rice pudding there. So Very you know, nice. I should, I should get a free dinner next time I go yeah, in. I'm plugging them. Well, if you can remember yeah. the name, but you can't. So, uh <laughs> Doesn't really Turkish flavours flav- or something. There I can't remember. John, I just want to ask John. I think we've got one degree of separation. Didn't you used to be involved with um, uh, Dave, David James, who I was in uh, the yeah. late brothers and that with? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be, well, I'm sure we've got a few stories to swap, but yeah, oh, I, reckon. I remember him. Yeah, I yeah, reckon. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen him for quite a while, you know, yeah. No, yeah, not me, me either. <laughs> oh, well, I kind, of, I kind of know the background, Jeff, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like a private conversation going on. Sean, let, let, let's come to you. Obviously, well, I think let, we've got to start with last night because it's so fresh in the memory. Unfortunately, we've got to talk about the abject misery that was the Middlesbrough game uh, as well. But, you know, yesterday, Sean... A lot of us going to the ground, I was speaking to people inside the ground, and when you sort of say to people, what do you reckon tonight, what do you reckon tonight, everyone didn't have a clue. Everyone was like, who knows, what kind of Tottenham's going to turn up tonight? The first 10, 15 minutes, I thought was a bit iffy, and then bang, 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 we just absolutely pulverised them. It was. A, what was your take on the game, Sean? Yeah, no, very much the same. Went, went into the game not knowing what to expect. Um in the back of my mind was the, you know, the, the Frank Lampard element as well. Um, the last memory we have of him, of course, at the Spurs Stadium was that that rogue Chelsea defeat, which sort of came out of nowhere just before Christmas in that uh, Mourinho spell, where we were on such a great run and they just caught us blind, didn't they, and, and beat us 2-0 at the lane. So that was in the back of my mind going into the game. But yeah, I'm really impressed with our response. Everton were abject, weren't they? They were oh. they were absolutely dreadful. Um, and surprised at Lampard, really, in terms of his approach. Um he allowed them to be very open. And, you know, you look at recent weeks, Chris Wilder and, and Sean Dyche have given you the blueprint of how to play Tottenham. Um, and, and he didn't adopt any of that at all. So very surprised by their approach. But you could see, I mean, after the, the second goal went in, heads dropped and, and that was it for the rest of the game. But 
uh, yeah, we were excellent. We were ruthless um, and two amazing performances in particular. I want to call out Harry Kane, the obvious one, but uh, Matt Doherty and, and Dejan Kulusevski. I mean, the, the turnaround from Doherty has been staggering. Um, and even more remarkable, if you look at, you know, his time with us this season in particular, he started, or sorry, he came on uh, against Man City on the opening day. Didn't really feature until Conte's first Premier League game away at Everton. Again, didn't really have a sniff for about three, four weeks after that, really. I think he played half an hour against Norwich in one of his earlier games. But what a turnaround. Easily, I think, the most approved player under Conte so far. And Kulazewski, I mean, the, the sky's the limit with him. 21 He's years 21. old. I know. Incredible. 21. And... Um, and, and you know, as well. exactly. And well, you know, want to give a bit of praise there to Paratici, of course, as well. You know, he's uh, he's taken a lot of flack and rightly so for some of the signings he's brought in. Royale and, and Gallini being two, you know, shining examples of perhaps some some poor management there. But um, the reports today are that he, he wants to shift Royale on already. Um, so oh, really? He, I didn't see that. Yeah, he oh, seems to uh, want to correct his mistakes already, which is is no bad thing. You know, he's, he he made that plunge and he's he's quickly identified he wants to change that, but. Kulazewski, Romero and uh, and Bentecourt. I mean, what fantastic additions they've been, gone straight into the start on 11 and, and improved us straight away. Kimberly, I mean, what, what was your feelings before last night's game? Did you go into it with any kind of optimism or was it sort of hiding behind the sofa, not knowing what you're going to see? <laughs> I put hiding behind the sofa when the club um, uh, tweeted, where are you watching the game? I retweet <laughs> it and put behind the sofa, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I didn't, you just don't know what Spurs are going to turn up, do you? I mean, I had seen the Everton sort of their away form was, was extra poor, you know. But I thought if they're going to come and do well against anyone, it will be us. Um, but, you know, I was surprised they didn't try and shut us down a little bit more. And, uh, they, you know, they sort of allowed us to play, which was great. And, we, you know, we did play. And, as, you know, as soon as the first couple of goals went in, it was like a case of, I thought, you know, rather than normally where I think, oh, my God, they're going to get one. They never really looked like scoring last night, did they, you know? No, absolutely right. So, And we needed that extra boost in goal difference because our goal difference is so poor this season. I mean... You know, that's helped in that in that respect as well, I think. You know, funny enough, Jeff and I were texting during the game and I was saying, the more goals, the better. Come on, we need the goal difference, like, you know. So, uh, but as it, as um, as your friend just said, like, the, the, the new signings, you know, it's, it's, I can't remember the last time I could act, and on art say, I really like these two new signings. I'm not including R- Romero in that, so obviously he's been there a little bit longer now. But Bentegor and uh, Angolischewski, I just think they've come in, they've fitted in. They look like they've played in that league all season or last season even, perhaps. You know, considering they've only been there for like ampler games really you know marvellous and I mean especially that like he's only what 21 I think he's he's fitted here he looks a fabulous addition and like he's just something he's brought something different to us you know Jeff I mean what are your thoughts on on I mean Antonio Conte's press conferences in the last few weeks have been extraordinary you know one minute he's like I'm out of here next minute it's all good Obviously, after last yeah, night, no, it was all it's, good. It's a kind of bipolar management style. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've actually never seen anything quite like it. It's like these are the best yeah. group of players I've ever played with, but they really suck and hate them and I'm going. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa. Um, yeah. I mean, as for the team, uh, you know, yeah, they looked great the other night. But, you know, just remember, it's the uh, hope that kills you, not the despair. Just remember. You know, how many Paul Storms have we seen? 
how many times have we thought, oh, we're looking really good now. We'd be good for it. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, one swallow don't make the summer and all that. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, we looked great the other night. Everton were appalling. They were absolutely appalling. But we did all that we could do. But then, you know, there's Middlesbrough, there's Burnley. And as uh, Kim said to me the other night, you know, they don't like it up north on a cold Monday. You, mm. you know, well, you're going to have to come to terms with that, chaps, you know, if, we, if we're going to get top four. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you know, using a, a literary analogy, I mean, it is like the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You just don't know what you're going to get. Joe, obviously, you you were, you, you know, and rightly so, fuming after the Middlesbrough defeat. You went along uh, last night. Um, but what's happening now, I think, and we've already mentioned Doherty, Sessegnon, another one, players who weren't too sure about, uh, what, although Sessegnon did get injured last night, are getting game time. There's he's he's almost decided. Reguilon came on and scored, but you know Royal. I mean, think is might not see much of him now. He seems to now be finding when everyone's fit his best team. Skip's still out, obviously. Um, Benton Kerr's coming and made a big difference. Do you think now if these players stay injury free, Jar, we've got a chance now? I mean, we've got huge games. We've still got to play Arsenal. West Ham, Man United, the three teams around us, six, three six-pointers there alone, isn't there? Well, I think the, one of the big differences against Burnley as compared to last night, you had Winks there. It's very easy to hate on him and all that stuff, I know, but he, Ben Sakura's a better footballer for me. You know? He's an all-round he's, he's got, a great, he's a proper he's got, midfield player, isn't he? He's got great, he's a real, a very elegant player, plays with his head up, um, uh, to be fair, I thought Everton were really pressing like mad last night, but I thought we passed it out very well. The difference between Everton and Burnley, I thought Burnley played quite with quite a high line. That that house and and other players was so aggressive. Son had a terrible game, and I really liked Son. They were straight in on Son and Kane. They didn't get time to get the ball and turn and bring the wing backs into play. You know, he was very astute. Whereas Everton last night just weren't as aggressive as as Burnley on, on, as Kane dropped deep. So they tried, but they could just couldn't get near them last night. So I thought, you know, you could really see some of the some development there. With every game, you can see them coming on a bit more, doing a bit more of what Conte wants. But let's the big weakness. If Bentecourt had been there for the for the for that Burnley game, I suspect we would have we would have won that. It's easy to say. And so what you're saying is quite right. There's, although we've got like for like in every position, one or two of the players are not up to it. We know they're going to be moved on next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when we've got, you know, uh, what we probably all think of as our best 11 players out now, it's the best 11 players we've had for quite a while, isn't it? I think, mm. with, the, with the two yeah. new signings. Yeah. You know, it, it does come down to literally just strength of the players that you've got. And I think we're probably in better shape now than, well, I don't know, probably since, you know, the po- good Pochettino days, I would say. Yeah, certainly, you know, yeah, I uh, agree with that. Certainly with these two new chaps who look fantastic. Yeah. Sean, I mean, you know, when you look at the, the teams around us, it's interesting, you know, we've talked there about you kind of know how to play Tottenham. When teams really press us, like Burnley did, Middlesbrough did, we kind of struggle. When teams stand off us, we look fantastic. You know, getting between the lines, quick passing, we're closing down at the right time. Do you think we're still a bit too 
obvious. You know, when you look at the big, big teams, the Chelsea's and all that, we're still another. There's still another level to us. Do you think with the games coming up, we've still got to go to Liverpool as well? Uh, where do you see us picking up the points that could be enough to get us top four? And where do you think we might still fall short? As you say, Mike, we've, we've got some huge games left. Um, I, I think the the Arsenal game is going to end up being the decider. I think I very much think top four is Arsenal's to lose. I really do. And it, it pains me to say that, but they are becoming the most consistent of the teams in this race for the top four. Man United... They've been a bit jammy, though. Everyone's going about the Woolwich. I think they've been a bit jammy in the last few games. They, I, they I have, think they're so they to deceive. Everyone's going how great they are. I don't think they are. Uh, no, I, I, I don't disagree entirely. I, I think what, what Arteta's been able to do is he's he's stripped back the squad massively. He's got out the troublemakers very quickly. Abemiang shifting him on in January was a, a, a masterstroke from him, really. He had to do it for, for several reasons. He had to move him on. But what he's done is he's got them playing a consistent style. He's got some, some really talented players. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to turn this into Arsenal corner suddenly. But I, I think they've just been very consistent in a time where your Tottenham's, your Man United's, your West Ham's and your Wolves aren't being very consistent at all. I don't think West Ham have got the credentials for it. They've not got the squad to compete for, for top four. They've now got two massive games in the Europa League against Sevilla, who you, you do not want to draw Sevilla at this stage of the competition. So I very much think it is Arsenal's to lose at the moment. But for us, really, we've got to get something from those two Brighton games. Um, they're, they're massive fixtures for us. Places like Brentford and Norwich, we've just got to, we've, you know, got to make sure we get the six points across those two. But we've got some challenging games. We've still got, you know, Newcastle to come to us who are on a, an absolute flyer I, at the moment. Yeah, I think they could be safe by them. I think with Newcastle, I think they could be safe by then. That's a good thing. Yeah, you know, for sure. Kimberly, it's interesting about, you know, Sean saying it's Arsenal to lose. I don't think enough sort of football pundits say that. It's never kind of... Even the season when Leicester City won the league and everyone went Tottenham choked. If you look at that season, we were never top that season and Arsenal were top, I think maybe after 20-odd games. I might be wrong with that. I'm sure it was 20-odd games. They were top. And no one talks about Arsenal choking that season. It's all about Tottenham choking. Do you think... uh, do you think it's fair? Do you think it's in a way better that we're kind of seen as underdogs rather than in fourth spot and oh, it was all Spursy again? Probably for the for the way we are, and you know, we obviously we've got that bottle of tag of late. Um, you know, especially these last sort of half a dozen seasons, I think you know, um, we've got that bottle of tag. Um, and I think yeah, I'd rather be where we are. I mean, I thought it was ours to lose at one point when I come out of the Brighton FA Cup game over there. I said to my pal Glenn, I was in his box that day, and I said to him. I said, that's that fourth spot is ours to lose now. Obviously, we play well against Brighton in the Cup. And I said, that is ours to lose now. But obviously, we've lost them games in hand. What we need to do, I mean, it's, you know, it's as clear as day what we need to do. We need to go on another run. But we just don't bloody lose again, you know. Um, I mean, you know, we've just got to go. There's no point us winning one week, losing the next. And then, you know, we've just got to... Look, just treat every game like, like a cup final now. I don't think, um, as Sean said, I think West Ham, I'm not sure they've got the squad. I think they may have played too many games now. Um, but yeah, it does look like it's Arsenal's to lose, but they have still got to play us. I looked at their fixtures. They've still got some tough games coming up. Um, I think they've got still play, they've got I think they've got Man United at home. They've still got to play Liverpool, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. I looked at their games. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. If Arsenal lose one or, or two, do you know what I mean? If their confidence drops a little bit. Um, but 
But all we can do is just sit there in the position we're in and just hope that teams around us. But I think, as you go back to your question, yeah, I'd rather just be that just little bit behind where we're not the ones in front that can choke him, you know what I mean? We've got to wait for someone else to slip up. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, I think our home form was very important. Our home form hasn't been good this season. And you look at the games coming up, you know, we've still got Arsenal at home, West Ham at home. Um, you know, you kind of think if you get the home form going again, away from away, we've always got chances of winning. You know, we won at Man City, obviously. Uh, we'll talk about United later on. Um, it, it, and as Kimberly said, rightly so, we just need to go on a little run. If we go on a little run, and don't forget, I think Arsenal still got to play Liverpool as well and big games. They could drop points, and all of a sudden now we could be certainly level by them by the time. I mean, who who knows when we play them because they still haven't announced this bloody fixture. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know why Sean says it's kind of Arsenal's to lose, but equally, I think if I was looking at this as an impartial observer. And seeing what Tottenham have done of late, what they're capable of doing, I think I would quite fancy us. All we've got to do is stop the stupid results. You know, that's, that's all we've got to do. No, but, we, you know, we're capable of beating Man City. You know, we're capable. We, we know that we are. We're capable of doing it to anyone. We've just got to do it. You, you know, um, and, and I, I think on our day, I would, I would bank us against Arsenal any day. Absolutely. You know, if, if we if both teams were playing to their strength, I'd fancy us. We've just got to do it. Um, hope that we keep the strongest 11 players fit. Because I think, you know, we, we do, uh, as John said, like, you know, when people drop out, the people that come in aren't necessarily as good. You, you know, that they're not. Um, which is a problem Tottenham has had for a long time, really. Yeah, Let, let's go to a quick break. When we come back, Jar, I'm going to speak to you about how he came. We're going to talk about the Middlesbrough game as well. Back in one minute. And we're back from the break. Don't forget for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews, original documentary series on Spurs, Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Support our show in the process. Uh, our live season ticket, uh, Spurs show season ticket holder events still going on. You can still sign up. We've got some great ones coming up. Go to season.spursshow.net. Sign up. It's like 10 quid a month. You and a mate get in every month. Our next show, Tuesday, March 29th, with the cult hero Alfie Con is coming down from Glasgow to be with us. We've got a few s- tickets on the side for that as well. Uh, link on the pot on the description to this pod. Go to boletto.co.uk, put in Spurs show, and you'll see that. And then end of season show, there'll be the April show announced soon. End of season show at the 100 Club, May 26th, with Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Villa. Uh, tickets available for that now, also at boletto.co.uk. And if you go to jw3.org.uk, on May the 11th, we're doing a special show at the JW3 Community Centre on the Finchley Road with Martin Chivers, Pat Jennings, Alan Mullery and Steve Perriman. Next week's show, we've got Terry Gibson, ex-Totten striker with us, Cat Lucas and Russell Goldsmith. Jar, Harry Kane, obviously, two goals last night. I think I'm correct to say now that's 239 goals for Spurs. I think he's 25 goals now behind Jimmy Greaves. And obviously, after the Everton game, he's now going ahead of Thierry Henry. So when you talk about 
London's top strike strikers now. You can now say Kane's ahead of the exalted Henri, which is uh, a wonderful thing. His finishes yesterday were both... I mean, you could argue the first one's a bit easy, running in on goal. But the second one, again, a bit like the goal against Leeds, over the shoulder, on the volley, guided volley. Thing of beauty, wasn't it, Jar? Oh, unbelievable. I think with the first one, it looked to me like it gave the keeper the eyes. Looked like he's going to go to uh, the bottom right-hand corner and then put it the other side. I mean, makes it look easy. And the second one, for me, that was slightly more beautiful goal than the one in Leeds even. A bit further out, you know. Um, so it gives the keeper more of a chance. But Another great ball from it. Doherty. Two, two yeah. assists from Doherty. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Doherty, you know, unbelievable. What a, what a little chip. But it was like a snooker shot, you know, to that far <laughs> post, you know, and came absolutely wonderful. And he's one of the great, I mean, Greavesy, obviously, probably the greatest ever Tottenham player. Such a glamorous Geezer, you know, somehow, you know, he looked like film star Greaves in his prime and a nice man. You know, he aged, he aged well, I think. But uh, but Kane's right up there. Kane's right up there. You know, he's a very, very special player and it's great that we've kept him. You know, he's our, he's our best midfielder. <laughs> as, as well as being right. our best number nine or our only number nine, you know. So he's got to stay fit. Um, yes. Dyer, incredibly, who I thought should go. I thought he was a good, aggressive guy, but not a Premier League player, is my, was my view. It's not anymore. He's won me over. He, he seemed to come good under Mourinho, even. This Bentecure, and I think Winks we need back, you know, but Bentecure looks such an elegant player, as I said earlier. That Kulisevsky, he got a little bit, just a little bit of Tony Gelvin about him, intelligent wide player, who's not an out-and-out winger, but Gelvin used to come inside and always gave them width as well, you know. Russian-speaking Russian as well, Gelvin was, yeah. got, you yeah. know, for what, for what it matters. <laughs> I remember ridiculous yeah. things like that. I yeah, don't I know. know. You're right. He had but, a degree in right. just plays great. Uh, great. When he pointed to Son where to go, it's just such a quick football brain. Now, those two are very important in these home games because, obviously, we all know we're great on the counter, especially against the top teams who play high lines, where we might struggle, as we know we do, actually. These teams who get everyone behind the ball, crowd the space. We haven't got an Ericsson. These, those two have got the patience, I think, to unpick a, a, a lock. Like the last goal against City, the, the winner against City, wasn't a counter goal. It was a possession-based no, goal. Beautiful, you know? beautiful. And a, and a lovely cross in from Kulideski. I mean, that you don't want crosses like that going in your box at any time of the game, let alone 90th minutes. So, you know, I, I, I'm optimistic um, as as ever. I think it's just a, a question of confidence and, and injuries, as it will be with Arsenal, because Arsenal are on the up at the moment, bit inexperienced, that team. Obviously, they've got, they got a lot of young players, but they haven't got a fantastically deep squad either, you know? So one or two injuries to key players for them could do for them as well. But both teams in a similar position, out the cups, you know? And at the end of the day, Burnley, a, a, a borough away in the cup, you can get beaten. Look, Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, these, those championship teams on their day, their managers, some of the managers there are as good as any Premier League managers. They get the tactics right. But one one other thing about the Borough game, if VAR had been there, we would have gone through. That Kane goal was a good goal, by the way. And why you have VAR at some games and not others in the FA Cup, I do not know. Yeah. I get that. But now you mentioned Borough. Sean, let's talk about the Borough game. The, the, the big disappointment for Tottenham fans is 
We didn't play well. And again, it's another season without a pot. It's another season we haven't picked up the FA Cup, which for many years was seen as our trophy. You know, Wembley was another home game for us in the 80s, early 80s. It was very disappointing. In fairness, Conte, out of all the defeats, maybe didn't care too much. We've got these sort of 12 games now. Um, it was a strong team. You know, Middlesbrough, you know, they, they played well. You kind of saw it coming when we didn't put the ball in the net. We just weren't very good. It, it's, it's this inconsistency, as Conte keeps saying, Sean, the up and down, up and down. It must be, for a professional coach, it must be the most frustrating thing when you think you've kind of drilled a team and it just goes out the window. That That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, look, Conte's got a very specific way of playing. Um, and, and unfortunately, it's it's a bit sort of my way or the highway at times. And, and unfortunately, when we're facing different opposition that play different ways, that, that can limit how we respond to, to how they play. So difficult one on that. I think that the other point there is, which, which, uh, which was raised last night by a few people around me at the game, is that this is largely a squad that was, you know, there's most of the Pochettino squad still there, largely. We're, we're starting to phase that out. But it's a squad that for a long time against these lesser clubs, and I hate using that word because as Jar mentioned, you know, some of these managers, Chris Wilder included, should be a Premier League manager. But against some of these lesser clubs, we for a long time relied on the likes of Christian Eriksen to, you know, to drive from, from deep, score these long-range goals, have that bit of quality, have that special edge to them that, that can get us the three points. It's a squad that depended on that against those teams. And given that squad is largely in the same shape as it was, you know, even if not the same personnel, we brought in similar players to, to suit that squad. It's still missing that type of player. So until you adapt the squad to, uh, you know, to, to have that key to unlock defences like that, you're, you're going to be reliant on players like that. And we just don't have those options. Last night, as an example, and it's been it's been the same for a few weeks now, we're often relying on Bergwijn to be that player to come off the bench and do something. And, you know, the, the lesser game proved he can do that. He can do that in abundance. Um, but unfortunately, not every game he's going to be able to do that. And it really does put a lot of pressure on him when he is called upon. So uh, unfortunately, I think until the summer, um, we're going to have to play this way. And unfortunately, it might mean having to adapt to, to different teams and unfortunately, maybe not being successful in those games. Yeah, fair enough. Kimberly, can you see, uh, I mean, he's on to, on, under contract. Can you see if he's given the funds we assume he's going to be given in the summer? Can you see Conte staying on or do you think it's a lot to do with whether we get top four or not? If we don't, do you think his eyes will be turned somewhere else? Yeah, I think we're going to struggle to keep him unless we finish top four. I really do. I can't see him being there next season at all. His body language, I mean, as Jeff described him well, he said he's like the bipolar of managers. He didn't look bothered at all at the Middlesbrough game. And to be honest, I mean, this is a bit tongue-in-cheek saying this, I was dreading, I couldn't have faced playing Chelsea again this season. I'd rather have gone out to yeah, Borough. You that know, was one thing. Right. That's got exactly what I thought when I saw that draw. Exactly. You know, I'd much rather Borough not to say out than have another another yeah. day out at Stamford Bridge or something. But um, yeah. no, I can't see us keeping him unless I don't think we'll be able to sufficiently attract the players he wants without qualifying. And I don't think we'll particularly give him the funds without... Um, he'll obviously get some funds, but I just can't see... Him staying, his body language of late. I think if, you know, he was saying sort of last night, he came out with a quote in his interview saying, you know, it's on par with us winning the Champions League or winning the league if we were to qualify top four. I think if he can do that, I think everything would be seen in a different light and uh, providing he's back. But he's not a manager. He's not going to put up like with this... Um, 
with this last, like us waiting till the last day of every transfer window, it really gets on my nerves that we, we've we've done it for years now. You know, you know, Van der Vaart, great, great, you know, lovely little nipping at the end. But people are just taking these players off us now. You can't wait until the last day and then just t- try and get another million or two off. It's you've got to go in. I mean, I think we've, we've got another two. We're in South Korea or something this summer, are we? Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah. I mean, you need these players in. They need to go away and and be on that too. We need to go out and get the main one too early. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. And, Jeff, it's quite funny that, as Kimby said, we leave at last minute to get these players in, transfer winners, and yet the club won't leave at the last minute to get our money to renew our season tickets. It was announced this week. (laughs) Tottenham, uh, you can now get your season ticket next season. You've got until end of April to pay up your money. Uh, some people who pay on a monthly basis will still be paying for this season and will have to put down a lump sum or whatever that scheme is for next season. We 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 don't we don't we don't help out a fan, do we, Tom? Nah, conflicting ideologies there. Uh, yeah. and uh you know, I, I agree with Kim. I mean, um I, I think that you, you you know it's um Occasionally, it, it does us good. You know, we, you know, we've done well this time round with the Juve, with the Juve players. It's been great, but equally, it's also led to us having an understrength squad lots of times. You know, when it hasn't worked out and we don't get the players that we want. And I would argue, you know, everyone always says like, what a shrewd, you know, what a shrewd owner he is, Levy. But I would argue how shrewd that really is because for years and years now. We've been that, you know, we're the team that could be in the top echelon. We're the one that could be now down top four. We're definitely the one. And we always fall short, you know. And I think, you know, those one or two extra players would have made that difference. If you look at where Liverpool were a few years back and where we were, you you know, the two teams were like on a par for a bit. And like the policies and the way they run... We went like that and Liverpool went like that, you know, and it's to do with yeah. that kind of... It's, it's, int- it's interesting, we had David Pleat on uh, last week. It was absolutely brilliant. If you ever listened to our two David Pleat shows, do so. He was absolutely fantastic. He's still connected with the club. And we were, talk- we were talking to him about that and he, he cited the Gareth Bell money and we went out and bought uh. God knows how many players of that money. He said now, if he had £100 million, which is always the figure, always cited as the Tottenham transfer budget, he said, I wouldn't go out and get three players. I'd go out, I'd get all the money, I'd try and get Declan Rice, that was the example he gave, ready-made Premier League player in the middle and that's the kind of business he's done. And I, th- I think he's I think he's right, really. That's the way you've got to do it. Well, I'd really rather, you know, I mean, you mentioned Bell. I mean, you know, that that period where we had Bell, Modric and Rafi, you know, mm. every Spurs supporter is thinking one or two more key players, we can win this, you know. Mm. And instead what happens is the team is gradually sold off. You know, you're, yeah. you're like that near, you've got these three... Or just one, goes stale. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah uh, they're left there. They're, you, you know, no fresh players come in. Mm. You know, the squad isn't augmented in the right way, etc. cetera. Mm. But, but, you know, when I see that, that, that's what Tottenham do to me. That's what they do to me. You know, they constantly remind me of how tragic life is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, it does. It, it's, it, it stops me getting overly comfortable with my own life. You know, you're feeling good about Like, you know, you've, you've lost a bit of timber, you're put on over lockdown, your kids are doing well, you've got a film coming out next year. Just as you, you're in danger of being a little bit too comfortable, which is a, you know, a dangerous thing, there's always Tottenham to remind you how it can all go. 
practically wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's like it serves. They're like a little thing that serves me well in life. Yeah. You, you know, and it's like I've seen it so many times. Well, we all have. Yeah. That's a, a beautiful way to end this episode. We're <laughs> going to come back. We're going to come back at the end of the week and just talk about Man United. Huge game on Saturday night. What a game that's going to be. And I really want to ask Kimberly about her background with Tottenham Hotspur. So for now, Kimberly, Sean, Jar, and Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Join us again on Friday. Until then, Kispers. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.